0: Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. Oh, last weekend was super, but now we're headed to the World Series. I'm sure people are going to want to get together this weekend to watch the games. Be careful. If you or a loved one find yourself needing legal representation, trust East Tennessee's most trusted lawyer. Marcos Garza and his team are East Tennessee's premier DUI defense lawyers. They handle personal injury as well as criminal defense. Before you say guilty, say Garza. You know the number by now 865 540 8300 online 247 365 at GarzaLaw.com. Of course, we talk Tennessee baseball. Let's get to it. I mean, this is the last stand. <laughs> the controversial
1: he's the dumbass
0: he can't do math he's an idiot he gets his hair cut at walmart look at that shitty haircut. the realest podcast in the southeast let the dogs loose (laughs) let the goons be goons 11 in a row 11 in a row 11 in a row enough (laughs) 38 in a row as in 38 on the point when we were whipping that ass ranch gang stand up The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast
1: with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all.
0: Another edition of Reed's Ranch. Tuesday, June 13th, a World Series edition of Reed's Ranch. Seth joins me in Alabama. What's up, Seth?
1: Not much, John. It's good to hear your voice as usual.
0: Well, we took care of business, T-C-O-B. That's what the V-O-L-S did. <laughs> they sure did. <laughs> they sure did. Daddiesburg, am I right? Oh,
1: yeah, Daddiesburg. Daddiesburg, got it done at midnight.
0: If you are a Reed's Ranch listener, please do not buy a Daddiesburg shirt. How bad is that? Oh, like, I look. Like, that shirt is so
1: bad that it's taking away from the fact that not really any of the shirts are good. Like I have a 2021 College World Series shirt that, that was released. It's a lot better than anything they have. And then like the the SEC Tournament Championship shirt that they released last year is a, like Jonas has it too because I know Jonas wore it to a tailgate last year for football. It's a million times better than what they released last night. It's just pitiful. It's just Which one?
0: Because I bought one for the S D tournament championship that sucked. It was the one with all the players on it. That's I didn't I didn't buy that about. one. No, no, oh, no.
1: Okay. No. no, 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 no. We bought one that is like it's 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 beige colored. Um with like an interlocking UT. It has a very retro look to it. Jonas wore it at the tailgate. It looked really good on him, but he's a very handsome guy to begin with.
0: You guys could have passed for brothers if you both wore the same shirt with the long hair flowing. We we might have to. We we might need to to do that this fall. But that
1: shirt, I I mean, it's so much better than the crap they released last night, the worst of which is Daddy's Bird.
0: How do you feel about buying memorabilia to commemorate something like that? I guess you said you have a World Series shirt because I have pretty much held off on championship shirts. I did say I bought the... The one for the players, but that was like around the NIL time. I wanted them to get some money for it. I thought it was cool. I've bought you know a baseball shirt for the NIL stuff, but in terms of celebrating a championship, that's not the big championship. I don't know how I feel about it. I've seen some Titans, like you know AFC champions gear. That when I see it, it just reminds me of the impending doom in the Super Bowl. So I wondered how you thought about it.
1: I think that the College World Series is like going to a Final Four. If Tennessee made a Final Four, I'd buy a Final
0: Four shirt. So you'd buy a Final Four shirt even if we lost the first game?
1: 100%. And I think this is the same thing.
0: Am I in the minority here saying that I would not?
1: One thing I do think about too is like I always loved getting like my dad's old shirts, like when he didn't wear them anymore, like getting like. So I always think about, like, I'll I'll get these, and even if I don't like them, like, I'll have a son one day that will love them and think they're so cool.
0: Yeah, the vintage appeal is there. I I do get that, but I do... I do admittedly think about that. I do wonder with, like, technology, if vintage will still feel the same 20 years from now, because, like, every design's going to be online. But I've always tried to hold out for, like, the big champion shirts, and I don't have any, because my team hasn't won a big championship.
1: Yeah. But I did not buy one last night. I haven't bought one yet. They, they're terrible. They're, they're, I mean, they're atrocious. I really like the the SEC championship, the SEC tournament championship shirt last year was so cool. I, I bought it immediately. I mean, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Um,
0: So oh, I'm not okay, just buying... or basketball? Ba- baseball. Baseball. Oh, okay.
1: Okay. That's um, where the confusion. I, have a ba- I, I did buy a basketball one, too, because like we had never won an SEC tournament, so I wanted to buy one. Yeah. Um... You
0: know, like, so, yeah. Well, we took I'm, I'm of pro business. doing it. TCOB, we got off to a bad start on Saturday. The weather didn't help. We got beaten game one. In the third inning of game two, we're down four to nothing. Vibes were, I don't want to say at an all-time low, but they were bad. The vibes were, bad. were very bad to, you know, during game two when Tennessee was down four to nothing. When when Chase Dallinger gave up that three-run rocket.
1: Yeah, but I mean, that right down the middle fastball. Yeah. Bob's were bad. Credit to Tony Vitello. It's been, this season has been one long, uh, you know, vindication, justification of, of Tony Vitello. Like, he did the same thing he has done the entire year, which is just stay the course. Um,. He obviously, you know, took some lessons from last season. The biggest one, I think, being like he needed to calm down and he just needed to be more just steady. And, you know, I mean, he has been incredibly steady all season and he didn't flinch. He hasn't flinched yet. Um, he just kept the course. I mean, like, think about, like, we had people in the Discord talking about, like, And I'm not trying to sing about it, but, like, people were saying, like, Chase Dolander sucks, like, you know, like, stuff like that. Like, how many people, myself and, I'm not, like, immune to this, like, whoever posted, Blake Burke hit two eleven in SEC play. Like, I think everyone was justified in questioning why he played, why he was continuing to play.
0: Yeah, I was beating the drum for putting him on the bench for game two.
1: And, like, you did, and it was completely justified. Okay, but Tony, like, it's back, Blake Burke hit 211 in SEC play, and his head coach got up to the microphone after the SEC tournament and talked about, and talked glowingly about Blake Burke and how well he'd been practicing and how well he'd looked in the cage. Like, Tony, like, he's just keeps sticking with these dudes. He didn't, you know, he, he lost the Super Regional because he stuck with, we stuck with a guy too long. He ended up benching that guy halfway through this season, and then, he ended up getting to the Super Regional in large part because he went back to that guy and stuck with him again. Like, the, you know, he, he just keeps, you know, he's stuck with his guys and he's just been so steady. Like, he stuck with Dolander. Dolander ended up pitching awesome Saturday. Like, he gave up four runs. Unless you're facing Paul Skeens, if you give up four runs, you should win. And they won. Like, he just stuck with his guys all season. He's been, I tell has been so steady. He is the best coach in America it's, he's amazing, he's incredible, I mean, he, he did an amazing job this year, he did an incredible job, they were 5-10 and 10 in SEC play, you know, he brings Camden Sewell and Chase Burns into a game that they're losing, where they've looked completely lifeless, and he brings them in, and it pays off, you know, he goes to the win against Vanderbilt and everything changes.
0: Yeah, shout out to Blake Burke, aka Adam Dunn in Orange, aka Big Donkey for coming through with the performance in game 2. That was good enough. I I, I would like an explanation as to what the hell happened in game 3 in those at bats, but either way, Tennessee needed a home run. He came through in game 2 and that, you know, of course, sparked the team and Tennessee you know really kicked their ass from the, you know, the moment From the moment they got out of the third inning in game two. Yes. The final score would be what, 11 to nothing? 13, I thought. Maybe 11, 13, I don't know. It was 8 to 4, yeah. Sorry, I was doing 6 to 4. Yeah, yeah. So so 8, yeah, 8 plus plus 5, of course, is 13. So yeah, 13 to nothing over, you know, a 2, basically a 15 inning stretch.
1: Yeah. I thought that, I really thought that the rain. The reset helped us because I thought from the very beginning of Sunday we were totally different. And, like, yeah, we lost game one, but I didn't really feel like we lost that game. I mean, we did.
0: We won the restart 3-1, to which you could laugh at and say it doesn't matter. But, like, the team didn't roll over. They came out and scored three quick runs.
1: And, And I think everybody
0: that watched, like, if you watch
1: this team some, not, I mean, just if you just watch this team some, and you knew something about them, and you watched all three of those games over the weekend, like, when they started Sunday um, at noon Eastern, they were a totally different team, like to- completely different. I, you know, I thought that. I mean, I just looked at this team's not going to score a lot of runs. They're one of the the lesser offensive. T- they're le- one of the lesser you know offensive teams in Omaha. They 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 rely on the home run ball a lot. If the home run ball's not there, you know what do they do? But like they score enough, and that's the thing. Like. It's not like last year, like there are games, we've seen it over and over in the postseason, just in the last two weekends, where like there's long stretches where like you're, you know, you just, you, all you're asking your pitchers is just to keep you in it. Like just all you wanted Seth Halverson to do on Sunday afternoon in the first game was just keep you in it, and he did. He's been incredible this season. He's been absolutely amazing. He's unhittable. Halverson is unhittable. He did it again. Just like it did against Clemson. And, like, eventually the bats will come around. And they have. You just, you, I mean, it's just not like last year. It's a different team than last year. But they hit enough.
0: This team's not very liked, I don't think.
1: No, they, they get no love. I, like I said, I just posted in the on the baseball channel. D1 Baseball has written one story about Tennessee this postseason. One. One. And it was Sunday night by Mark Etheridge. It, they did not write a single story about the greatest college baseball game of the season i don't understand like i don't understand like why this team isn't liked i don't know like
0: they like it's just with the media do you think it's because of how disliked last year's team was or it's easy to take the stance that they were disliked and yeah this t- this program's bad for baseball tony Vatel is a cheater like, is that like an overcorrection? Because with this fan base, you know, I would say that a part of it is because, A, this team was frustrating at times. I don't want to downplay when For they sure. were frustrating getting their ass kicked by Missouri and whatnot. But, you know, also they were not ever going to live up to the expectations of last year. But I was just shocked that when Tennessee went down 4 to nothing, how many people threw in the towel and like, oh, well, you know, season's over, bunch of choke artists, no fight in this team. That was, a you know, a popular phrase of people just saying the team had no fight. Whenever, you know, they could have easily quit, you know, really 60% of the way through the SEC season. You know, they could have quit in the Clemson Regional. They could have quit, of course, you know, when they're down 4 or Really, you know, coming out of the first game, out of the first rain delay. I, I didn't think they quit in game one. They lost, but it wasn't because they quit. It's just because they couldn't get a hit. Yeah, you actually, if you sit there and look at
1: it, the team has had some remarkable come from behind wins.
0: Yeah, I mean, that Vandy game, of course, that jumpstart of the season, that's a, that's a really iconic game you know i mean they like it wasn't technically
1: a come behind win but the third game against south carolina you know like they that was they a come out, from
0: getting your ass kicked in game yeah,
1: 2 south carolina was a top 15 c I mean, top 16 c like south carolina was pretty good and tennessee just comes out there and whips them you know i mean clemson uh, you know the this weekend like they've actually had some some pretty good come from behind wins i don't understand why like you go through and again, this was posted by somebody else a second ago. Like, you go through, like, Aaron Fitt and Kendall Rogers timelines. Like, Kendall Rogers tweeted last night about how Zane Denton and Cade Denton are going to be confusing. Cade Denton is Oral Roberts' best player. He's an amazing pitcher. Uh, he's tweeting about that. He, uh, tweeted mainly about Stanford and Texas. Aaron Fitt was tweeting about Scott Berry's retirement. It's just like, like, Aaron Fitt, all he did the last half of the season was talk about how good Clemson baseball is. And Tennessee goes in there and just steals their soul when he doesn't have a word to say. He doesn't have a word to say for two weekends about Tennessee baseball. It's just, it drives me insane. It, dri- I, I, it drives me insane. Like, all these dudes, like, I know he wasn't, like, he wasn't great, but, like, Andrew Lindsay's been amazing this season. He's been amazing. You know, that Saturday was the first game he, he started that they lost. And he's gotten, he's, Nobody talks about him.
0: Of course, Skeens and Tommy Tanks at LSU are great, but you made the point last night about how good, you know, our transfers ended up being. They yeah. all made huge impacts this weekend. He nailed it. At the end of the day, he nailed it. Like I thought Mally was a star on Sunday and Monday. Like, you know, the hitting might not have been there on Sunday like people wanted, but I thought – Thought he had a lot of good at-bats, and then, of course, yeah, last night he played a great game, and defensively made one error, but for the most part was showing off a rocket arm and getting the balls.
1: Yeah, he was amazing in the field. I mean, he's if there's somebody that's going to make an error, it's going to be him because he's going to get the most balls, right? Like, yeah,
0: it's not an error if you don't get to it.
1: You know, you know, like, and he's just going to have the most hit to him, like it's shortstop, like it is, like he was incredible in the field, and like, I think that... Part of the issue with Maui is that he's kind of been shoehorned into being a leadoff and he's not a leadoff. He's just not a leadoff hitter. However, if he starts taking walks like he did, he is a leadoff hitter, right? I mean, like because a walk is a hit. Like he just and last night he had three amazing at bats back to back to back.
0: I don't know. What do you what do you make of his decline numbers wise? Is it the SEC just that much better? Is it a new situation and just not being as good and not as productive? But, I mean, because, I mean, I feel like he was a victim. His numbers are still really good, don't get me wrong, like batting over 300, but, like, he was a 400 batter at Kansas, right? So, I think people just had way too high of expectations for him. Yeah, I don't know because, like, the, the Kansas transfer that – pick, you know, coming into the season?
1: Like, the Kansas transfer that Arkansas got hit much worse at Kansas and hit much better at Arkansas this year. Their leadoff guy, their leadoff center fielder. Uh, Josenberg or whatever his name is, like, I mean, it's just, to it just be from year to year, like, Dolander's just not been as good, I mean, who knows, you know, like, I...
0: Because I do think Auna is a big part of the reason why this team doesn't seem as likable. Like, you get the NIL stuff, and you get the rumors, and you get like, the suspension at the beginning of the year, and it just kind of, I don't want to say derailed the start of the season, but, like, it just was a black cloud over the season, and then when he actually does start playing, it's not like the team started really, like, playing well, it's not like he was just, like, raking or anything, so I... I think he kind of, kind of was a big reason why this team hasn't been as liked by this fan base because he's a guy that people really single out whenever he struggles, and I just don't think that's fair. But I mean, if you're getting big nil money, you got to you know you got to produce, and you're you're going to get treated a little bit more like a professional than you did you know once upon a time.
1: And and let's be honest, I mean, the effort hasn't always like the South Carolina series. I mean, you know, I, look, it's not like it's not. Like, it's, it's not unrelated that he batted ninth in the third game against South Carolina after he just wasn't running home and gets gunned out and doesn't get to that ball. Like, the effort hasn't always been there, but he was really, really good. And as bad as Blake Burke has been at the play, and he is ter- he's been terrible. I mean, Cal Stark has better at bats than Blake Burke. Blake Burke has been really good in the field, really, really good in the field. And he's not been a great first baseman, but he's been really good on defense lately.
0: Tennessee in general, I mean, that's a big difference from early on in the season. They were terrible in the field, and now they're back to playing pretty good defensive baseball.
1: Yes. Uh, you know, if you take out, like, Hunter Inslee losing
0: his mind. Yeah, I don't know what the hell that was. And if Tennessee had lost their season because of that, that would have felt a lot differently when we're talking about good defensive play. But you are right. Yeah, he lost his mind.
1: So I, I realized. I'm, what I'm about to say does sound kind of stupid because I'm going to say, hey, just forget about the two huge defensive miscues. But if you do, just throw those out. Like, Tennessee's defense was really,
0: really good again. And he did learn his lesson in game three.
1: <laughs> he finally, yeah. He, he said, not going to fool me three times.
0: And that was what I thought he might actually be able to get to if he ran and dove. But he, he was just like, you know what? Never mind. Not going to do it. That was the very first play of the game, right? It was up there. Was that the leadoff yeah, single, so. I think, to start the game? Maybe I'm wrong, but. I don't know, it was early on, like you said. He learned his lesson, so credit to him.
1: Yeah, Drew Beam was incredible again. I mean, just, if you look at, if you think about, uh, if you take game three of the Georgia series, where Drew Beam was, was, he was hung out, Drew Beam didn't have good stuff, but he was hung out to dry by Tony, and everyone was mad at Tony. I mean, myself included, because he hung Beam out to dry and just let Beam get homers just rocketed off of him. But if you go from there, since then... Uh, Drew Beam has, st- has started three times and has been incredible in all three.
0: Yeah, he was nails last night.
1: He has been incredible. He was incredible against South Carolina. He was incredible against Charlotte in the championship game, and he was incredible last night. He has had three amazing starts since a bad start against Georgia. The, p- the, pitching's amazing. the pitching is amazing. The pitching is amazing.
0: Gotta love it for Chase Burns, who you know, let's face it, kind of blew the game for us and the season for us last year against Notre Dame. For him to come out and just be absolute, just nails, throwing gas. I was watching the game, you know, when he's going up against Dickerson, uh, two fastballs, like, okay, here comes a slider, an off-speed pitch or something. He's like, nope, just going to go a little bit higher and throw it a little bit harder, and you're not going to be able to catch up to it. And that was just a big dick move to throw three straight fastballs in that. Like, you can't hit it. Yeah, it's always fun
1: to see, like, in college athletics to see a guy play when he just like elevates himself and you're just like, okay, that guy's going to, that guy's a professional.
0: Yeah. I don't know what his goal is in the majors. Do you think he's like, okay, this closing role could be good. Do you think he wants to get back to being a starter at some point? Or do we even know yet?
1: I don't, I don't know. But like just from sheer talent, you're just, you saw what happened last night. You're like, okay, that guy's on a different level than everyone else. Like that is what major league talent. He's still at 102 miles an hour. Like, like Drew Beam those ninety five to ninety six, and we think of Drew Beam as a finesse, like it's like it's like a ground ball pitcher yeah, that like, just locates. Yeah, as a locates, guy, like
0: AJ
1: yeah, out there. Yeah, Drew Beam is like six four, like is a huge dude that throws ninety six, and we think of him as location, location, location because of Chase Burns throwing one hundred and two miles an hour. Like, so we don't even think about how hard Seth Halverson throws, and Seth Halverson throws one hundred too. It's it's, a, it's 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 insane.
0: I didn't mean to say A.J. Burnett. I was thinking of, who was the who was the guy from the Phillies that like pitched until he was like 45 recently? Junk ball pitcher. You remember?
1: Rich Hill is who I think about as like a junk yeah, ball, Rich ball dude. Was not,
0: Rich Hill wasn't who I was thinking about. Think no, it's guy. not he him. He was like 46. Couldn't remember who it was. I don't know if A.J. Burnett was actually a junk pitcher. I just know. Nah, either way, just wanted to clarify. If I think of the name, I'll, I'll make sure to circle back to it. But, yeah. Like, all three of Tennessee's starting pitchers, all all three of them have good stuff. You have a freak coming into close games. Tennessee, we've talked about it. If they were going to make a deep run, it's because of the depth of the pitching staff. And every guy came in and did their job this weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean, how nasty was uh, Aaron Combs? Like, And that was a big move by Tony because everyone was like, uh, what? Yeah, I think Tony got caught flat-footed. I think Aaron Combs really... Really threw a lifeline to Tony Vitello. Who so you I think like he's
0: just some strikeout specialist that you can rely. No, on? No, I think I think
1: strikeout. I I don't think he I think it got away from like I think that they like, I don't think anybody else was ready but Combs. Like Burns didn't like Burns wasn't running out wasn't going to the bullpen until like after the second hit or after the first hit. Like Burns wasn't already, I don't think anybody was ready besides Combs. And so because I mean like he brought Combs in to face a lefty. Which, like, I don't have, like, the splits of, like, Combs versus righties, lefties. But, you know, you think that you're going to bring in a lefty for, like, one batter there. If you're going to, you know, if it's not going to be, if it's going to be a righty, then it's not going to be a one batter thing. But it didn't matter because Combs, like, threw three different pitches and all three were insane. The change up to, to strike him out was, was ridiculous. It just totally dropped off the face of the earth.
0: He made Tony look like a genius.
1: Yeah, it was it was a brilliant move, and like that's a guy that is like going to be a huge part of the bullpen next year. And you just have him sitting over there, like he's just sitting over there. You brought him in for one batter. You did like, like you have you have him and Kirby out there to just face one batter a game whenever you need one out. That's what they're doing. And those guys would be like Combs would would be pitching a ton of innings for LSU.
0: Jamie Moyer was who I was thinking about, by the way. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know if he's a household name or not, but for some reason he is. The lefty, the lefty. Yeah, just a junk ball guy out there.
1: Through about 84 miles an hour.
0: Yeah. yeah, either way, it came back to me. Anything else directly about last night before we move to some questions?
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, it was just, it was really awesome. Like, just there's something to be said about just, like, playing on the road in front of people and just... I Like, it was just... Zane didn't, I mean, like, he, Tony really just crushed it in the transfer portal. Like, uh, you take away the, the 25 at bat stretch of Griffin where he was terrible. If you take that away, Griffin Merritt has been awesome. Now, I don't understand what has happened in the last two weeks that have turned him from hitting, like, launching home runs to just, like, hitting line drives and lasers on the ground. But he had a ton of hits.
0: He was out there like Derek Jeter, just shooting it
1: through. Him. He's out there like he's he's crushing yeah. the ball. He crushed the ball against Clemson, and it always right to somebody. This time it was just like he just hit it in the hole. Like it's been very odd, but it's also nice just to have a guy get hits. I'm not complaining. Like he's been, he, it was an amazing pickup by Tony.
0: What do you think this team can do in Omaha? Do you think we can win it all? Yeah, 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 for sure. You do think sure. you can? Because I, I don't know if I'm ready to go full there when it all oh, the up. I, I mean, if they get I, super hot for a week, sure. But I just don't know if I, if I think we can score enough runs.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't pick them too, and I, I, not wouldn't even. You know, it's a, it's a brutal draw, right? Like people talk about having to play Wake Forest. Like Stanford is, is ridiculously talented too. Stanford's lineup is ridiculous, man. Like they have some guys that can really hit. Their pigeons not as good, but like it doesn't matter. Like if you, it doesn't matter. Like you know, win or lose, you have to play a top eight seed in the second game, which really sucks. You know, like it's just a brutal draw. I mean, I think they could win it. I don't expect them to. Or yeah, I mean, Tennessee's
0: probably the third best team, or you know, at least the fourth best team. In the tournament, and I feel like three of the teams are on the left side of the bracket. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something with Virginia. I mean, I've watched TCU get pretty hot and like Oral Roberts and stuff. But I feel like we're, if we were on the other side of the bracket, we'd be favored to go to the championship series. Instead, we got to start with, you know, the best pitcher in the country.
1: Yeah. I think people, I don't know. I thought Florida was the best team we yeah, played yeah, all year.
0: Was Florida. Florida, Florida was really good.
1: I really, like, I thought Florida was, was considerably, and I've said this before, like, Florida was considerably better to my eyes than LSU. The, there is one issue with LSU, and we all know what it is. It's the, it's Paul Skeens.
0: Like. It's everyone besides Paul Skeens, is, in the pitching staff. That's the issue, in my opinion, of how, you, of why you can beat them.
1: Yeah, it's just like, but Tennessee has to play them first, so they got to go up against Paul Skeens. I mean, I, I Tennessee... Tennessee could have very easily took the series against LSU. They could have very, very easily won that series. They went toe-to-toe with LSU and made dumb errors, and that's what lost them. I do think Paul Skeen's a little bit of a different animal now. Like, he's just so good, man.
0: He's, he's crazy. Let's get us some Patriot questions. patreon.com slash Ranch. Uh, I think we could probably have a couple people going out to Omaha. I've been looking at a trip, but it's one of those things that, you know, you got to wait to see if you make it far enough to go out there, you know? Yeah, so maybe if we can advance, uh, you know, Wednesday or Thursday, I might hop on a plane and go out there. But Game Thread was a lot of fun last night. That was a uh, good fellowship to watch us kick some ass and get some jokes off. If you want access to the Discord, patreon.com slash reedsranch. No new patrons, but Derek, who is real, Upped his pledge from $10 to $20 a month.
1: And congrats to Brother Derek on his engagement.
0: As I told him in the Discord, I expect an invitation. Congrats to uh, Brother Jay Ross
1: on the birth of his baby boy yesterday afternoon as well. It's been a good week. It's been a good week for the Discord. We have engagements. We have
0: babies. We have Tennessee going to Omaha. And meanwhile, I am not engaged and have no baby. Brother Wheezy? Who do I talk to? Who do I talk to in these damn emails to quit sending me Father's Day emails? Because it just makes me sad for two accounts. Can you just not just unsubscribe? No, I mean it's just I don't want to unsubscribe from everything. Like sometimes I like, hey, send me, yeah, this thirty percent off coupon, cool. But like do we still do do women have to deal with that? Are we sending like women nonstop things about Mother's Day? Oh yeah, yeah,
1: I think so. We
0: are okay. I said no if it was the same like you know some women can't have kids or if you get a certain age you can't have kids. So I didn't know if they were a little bit more sensitive, but like you know, I've never found a woman to let me knock her up, and my dad died, so Father's Day isn't very fun. So I was just curious if I could quit getting emails about that. Anyway, I think
1: I think women I think women do get inundated with, with okay. That
0: kind of thing. Well, equality. I'm all for equality then. Brother Wheezy?
1: Asks, what success is the sing- animal with the success of seemingly all Tennessee sports? Who is the best coach on campus right now? That's Tony It's Tony Bottello.
0: You think Tony's better than Josh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know if Tony does anything that a baseball coach would look at and say, oh, that's different. Yeah, that's true, too. Now, that's not all what coaching is. I mean, coaching is managing egos and pressing the right buttons. But I do feel like Tony makes a couple mistakes. Yeah. I give Josh credit for having a legitimate, creating an advantage through his scheme.
1: Yeah.
0: And, you know, at the current moment, I'm not sure if we can even give Tony a huge, like, recruiting advantage over him at the moment. Now, I do think Tony's a better recruiter. But Josh has been getting it done. Where do we stay with those five-star wide receivers? Are they are they, are they t- uh, slowing down on us? Or are
1: we? I think we're going to get. I think we're going to get Mike Matthews. I think. Okay. From the Volquest podcast this morning, it's basically like at the end of this month we're going to know if we're going to have like a super elite class or not. Now, Chef Don, brother, 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 Chef, can fact check me. I'm probably wrong on that, but that was my feel. He, he knows. They, they, they've had a little tough break lately. It's kind of you know the defensive lineman that they. Had committed to Tennessee in private, just up and committing to, to Southern Cal
0: was a big. Yeah, I know they thought. I know they think they thought they were in pretty good shape with that. Sammy, yeah, he, guy he, who ended up at Clemson as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, but better than Georgia. I mean, I think Tennessee fans thought he was going to go to Georgia. I mean, Clemson's better than Georgia.
0: Sure. So I'm going to go with Heupel just because I feel like he makes the game easiest for the biggest position. Now we'll see. I I could change my answer after a month of football because I am not as on board the Joe Milton hype trans everyone else. I'm not anti Joe. I'm not beating the the drum for Nico or anything. But I I gotta wait till I see Joe do it. I'm a little every time I see Hollywood Joe out there running around. I'm like, okay, well he better come out and play well because it's gonna get ugly if he doesn't. I'm full. I'm completely fine with them going to Manhattan, taking tours. Hitting good morning football, hitting Barstool. I'm completely fine with that, especially in the NIL days. Go out and get your bread. Be the face of the the program. Go out. Put yourself in the Heisman conversation just preseason just by being out and looking good and showing off 80-yard bombs. But you better play well. So I'm giving the edge to hype Who do you think's more popular on campus? Ooh,
1: just from sheer numbers, I think. Josh, just because he beat Alabama, like just from sheer numbers of people on campus, like football just matters a million times more. And Josh beat Alabama. He beat Florida. Yeah, we beat Clemson. Like,
0: Yeah, but Tony's sexy. Yeah, Tony's beautiful. And charismatic. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's close, which, I mean, they're both awesome, but I, I just, I've been having that debate for a couple months, and I just wanted to hear what you thought.
1: Yeah, I think just from a sheer numbers standpoint, it's Josh.
0: Okay. So you think if I put them on two opposite sides of a room, you think more people are going to crowd around Josh? I don't know. Is it men or women? It's both. I mean, campus has both men and women on it. Yeah. I don't
1: know. That's a good, that makes me think. I'm not sure. Okay. Anyways, next question. TN Dash asks... Dash. This is this Dash. Just Brother Dash. What is the better fix for next year if the weather is to be a factor again? Change venues or tell ESPN to kick rocks and play the game yesterday at 11 a.m. when it was clear and hope you don't have to delay. Well, Dash, it is early summer slash late spring around college baseball time period, and it's the southeast, so it's going to rain literally everywhere. Everywhere it is going to rain. It's not just a... It rained. I mean, at Saturday, there were four different games delayed. The issue was TV. The issue was entirely TV. It's entirely because Southern Miss did not start Tanner Hall in game one because of the weather, which means ESPN had plenty of time to say you know, hey, we should just play this game at 11 a.m. and play Wake Forest at 2 and boom, problem solved. What they did Sunday night was, was entirely inexcusable. Like, Because everyone knew that they were just waiting on Stanford. That's it. If Stanford lost, it was going to be an 8 p.m. start time. So all they had to say was like, hey, if there's a game three, Tennessee's going to play at five. And if there's not, Tennessee's going to play at eight. And they didn't. They waited for the game to be over for some reason. And then on top of that, everyone knew that the one time you could not play the game was at 5 p.m. And they scheduled it there anyway. So it's TV.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I go back and forth wondering whether or not the TV numbers were even worth it. Like they're not doing a million viewers. Yeah. It
1: might just, and you're right. It might just be straight up. It might be the majority of the of NCAA and not TV.
0: No, I'm, I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm just saying, Oh, like, oh I'm just saying like for ESPN, I just don't know. Does it even matter?
1: Does it even matter?
0: Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean the, the highest watched game of the weekend was Tennessee Southern Miss on Sunday. And it did a 800, it did 800,000 people. More people watched that than the Clemson Tennessee game uh well that was last that was two weeks ago but yeah i mean if that yeah the number came out to what 700,000 or did it get yeah. to a million
1: i think it was like 730k okay so uh, more I'm people looking
0: right now on showbuzz daily which tracks it, it i mean it, it says yeah it says i mean okay 800,000 viewers well that's pretty good it's more than i thought yeah i agree with you though is it even worth
1: it like what like, what, what are we even doing here like what I just I, I hate that like it rains everywhere. Okay, it rains everywhere, especially this time of the year. And everyone knew that you could not play that late afternoon start time. Like you, you're not you're not going to change venues. That's not that's that's a that's a non-starter because you've already played a game there, and you're not going to tell a team they can host and then pull the rug out from under them. But
0: it's just like it's just got to be move the start time. I mean, it's just that simple. Yesterday they could have played at 11 a.m which I guess not good for TV. I understand that, but yeah, I'd be curious to see what the numbers were last night going up against the finals and going up against or, Stanford, Texas. Like, I mean.
1: You know, and if you didn't want to have it at 11 a.m., you could have just said, oh, you know what? We're going to have two games at 8 p.m. Who cares? You have, you, you, you'll have four different college football games on in the same time slot in the fall. Like, who cares?
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say sometimes it even helps going up against competition because if you're in front of the TV anyways, you might change the channel.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Rather than just swearing off TV all together one night, you'll be watching something and then flip and get caught up in it.
1: Yeah, agree. It's just, I mean, it's just terrible scheduling. Everyone knew, you know, I mean, Saturday and, and Monday, Saturday and yesterday were just terrible, just absolutely terrible.
0: I was really hoping that, that we just, I would have found it very funny that if we just would have gotten to advance because of RPI, people would have had a meltdown. But I am glad we just kicked their ass instead. Yeah, people would have. <laughs>
1: Just imagine. Just imagine the communist Aaron Fitt at D1 baseball, the meltdown he would have had over Scott Barry going into early retirement because of RPI. Oh man. Brother CB asks, do either of you guys have any reoccurring dreams?
0: No, not really.
1: Yeah, I have one, and it's very weird. It's that I'm back in college in a in a math class, and I just stopped going. For the entire semester, but I don't drop the class, and and in this dream, like every so often, I remember that I haven't dropped the class and I haven't done any assignments, and I'm failing it. That's it's, that's it. Like I, I I've, it's insane. Like I'm, I don't know why I keep having this dream, and I don't have it often.
0: I used to have it. A, I used to have a similar one to that a lot, but it was high school instead, because like I had like a, a lot of open periods like in high school, and like I guess I just would get to the end and be like, oh, no, I haven't been going to this class the entire time. I've been skipping, and I'm not going to pass now. But I haven't had that in a long time, so I don't know if I could even call it reoccurring anymore. It's been yeah. years since I've had it. What do we make of that? Because that's a very popular dream that you have. Like, two people have already said that they have that same dream. Is that just, like, anxiety coming out of everybody? Like, do you consider yourself anxious? Like,
1: I think, I think it's just like a I – mean, I think it's like a – just a – Something that's in, like, I mean, I just think it's something that everyone can relate to. It's something that everyone goes through. It's something you see a lot in, like, you know, TV shows and movies and stuff. Like, people being having a late assignment or whatever, you know, just
0: failing the do you class. Think, just, do you think Jeff down at the, the factory has that same dream? You no, said? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. So you have to be a scholar to have it, at least. I, 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 don't, I don't think that...
1: I hope that our blue-collar listeners are not. I'm very jealous of them if they're not having this dream. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a annoying dream. I, I don't understand why I have it. But yeah, no, I, I don't think it. I think it's more of like I don't know. I don't know. I'm just talking, man.
0: Yeah, good. Well said, man.
1: Brother Tech One, aka the Milton Maniac,
0: asks, and this is a mouthful, so buckle up. Do you think we should sell Milton Maniac shirts? As long as Joe gets a slice. Yeah, that's the thing. As I wouldn't want to do it, I want Joe to get a slice, but I don't want to go through the trouble of it. Maybe, maybe someone could tell like Ball Shop, like, "Hey, quit making these dumbass Daddiesburg shirts and make some Milton Maniac shirts." Anyways, Homo, Homo, s- sorry.
1: H- Homo sapiens have existed for approximately two hundred thousand years. Can you In- I just say internal- humans?
0: Can I just say humans?
1: Well, he's he's he's, he's, he's you know he's, he's specified that he specifically doesn't mean Neanderthals or Denisovans. So. okay, fair enough. The internal combustion engine has existed for approximately 150 years.
0: At what point do we? Okay, so you said how many years ago we became Homo sapiens?
1: Two hundred thousand.
0: Okay. And what's the? What was the final step of that evolution? Just walking fully upright, or or what?
1: I don't know what exactly. You know, there's like a there's like a non insignificant portion in the genome in the human genome that has like Neanderthal DNA. Like.
0: So it's just a DNA but, thing.
1: Yeah, like, uh, homo sapien DNA is different from the NFL
0: DNA. Okay, fair enough.
1: The internal combustion engine has existed for approximately 150 years. Have more miles been walked by humans in those 200,000 years, or have more miles been driven by internal combustion engines? And then he specifies cars, trucks, ships, motorcycles, planes, farm equipment, military equipment, etc. in those 150 years.
0: What's your answer?
1: I think Booyah had the correct answer and the 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 most sensible, and I think he was, was just right. Like it's it's miles driven, and especially with population increase.
0: Yeah, I'd be I'd be curious what you thought if you had just made it cars and trucks, and you know motorcycles, whatever. Like not the trains, not the. Yeah. Boats and all that other extra stuff. Because
1: you think about this. I mean, th- think about those dudes walking over the Bering Strait with like spears with rock heads. 200,000
0: 200, years is a long time. Yeah. And they would probably, what do you think they'd walk? Probably 15 miles a day? At least? At least.
1: you know, everybody think in about, the tribe
0: was doing that for the most part. Yeah, like,
1: how many, like, you know, they walked over the Bering Strait into alaska and then they walked like there's some of them that walked all the way down to the to the tip of south america
0: now keep in mind Pangaea, so we don't really know how big that is it's a long way no yeah i mean it's long but i'm just saying we you know it's, it sounds a lot further when you forget about pangea you know i mean i know you couldn't walk on water i i get that i'm just it's hard for me to visualize it i'm not geography i, I, I agree it's
1: it's it's impossible to visualize actually i t- I think it's impossible to visualize, but I think that just, when you, like, how many people every day that don't live in godforsaken places like New York City and Los Angeles, California,
0: how much they drive every single day, man? Yeah, but, I mean, I would say a lot of people probably drive 40 miles tops a day. Like, how how far do you drive a day? I, I drive probably 40 miles tops.
1: Oh, I mean, I have, like, 20 miles tops. Maybe, probably less. Probably less, Yeah. But there's also so many more humans. I mean, there were times when like the human, the human pool, the pool of human beings, like got down to like ten thousand people.
0: Oh, really? We were that yeah. low. We were that close to going extinct. Ten thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What year was that? It, um. Let me look up. That
1: I, can, seems I can't remember. Dangerously low. It's the Ordovician or er, Denote. It's one of the... uh, 10,000 people?
0: Yeah, there's been several mass extinctions. That's like the student section at Neyland Stadium. They repopulated the entire world? So, um...
1: The... Okay, I was thinking of Permian, I think, was the one that, like, got down to... uh, So, Cretaceous was what killed off the dinosaurs. Um, Yeah, I think there was a time when when there was, like, 10,000 human beings left.
0: You could tell me anything and I would believe you, so we can move on. Okay, so it is actually
1: less than that. It's, uh, something as little as 3,000, which is really hard to believe. Would it, would but
0: it will be th- fewer, fewer than? It, fewer. Yeah, it's
1: fewer. It's fewer. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's fewer.
0: Okay. No, it's fine. I just always struggle in my head, so I was just wondering.
1: The, uh, the Toba supervolcano in Indonesia. So. Yeah, like 10,000 human beings. Apparently this volcano eruption lasted almost 15... It lasted two weeks. I mean, imagine that. So yeah, 10,000 was the number that I'd heard before, but yeah, like, humans got really low before. Wow. Brother Jackie, a.k.a. The Law Dog. <laughs> For Seth, please regale us with the most interesting fact about space you have learned this week. Um, lately... As in the past two days, I've been listening to a lot of stuff about the curvature of space and just the shape of space, and, you know, it's not flat, it's not... It was initially thought to be more of, like, a sphere where we were on the surface and kind of, like, just envision yourself flying around the surface of Earth. It's boundless, but it's also finite. But it doesn't appear that's true either. Now some people think more of, like, a torus shape, kind of like a donut. Um... And then also the Hercules Corona Borealis, which is the largest known structure in the universe. 10 billion light years in length. Try to try to uh, quantify that length.
0: Whoa, that's a long that's a long distance. Wow. <laughs> Brother Jonathan Toy asks how
1: much funnier is Burke's 480-foot home run on Sunday after his three at bats last night.
0: Imagine watching that. Series as a Southern Miss fan, and you watch that guy just, you know, kind of look lost in game one as well. And you know that he's like you've been studying. You're like, man, this guy hasn't hit anything for the last three months. And then he hits an absolute monster shot, throws his bat, hits two more RBIs. You know, in a couple innings later, that you know pretty much ends the game. Throws his bat on that one too. He has a lead. You don't even really need him. He's just up there waving at everything. Not even coming close. He,
1: Reese killed me last night talking about this. On that swing that everyone thinks about from last night, he moved nothing but his arms. He swung and somehow did not move anything on his body but arms.
0: And that's the guy that pretty much ended the series. He also swung at three straight balls. Him and Zane didn't. Those two guys are what ended your season. (sighs) Uh. Zane
1: Denton sounds nothing like what I envisioned.
0: I have no clue what his voice sounds like. All I know is if he's up with two people on base in a big situation, he's probably gonna hit a home run. Yeah, you
1: know, how cool is it that Tizy has a guy that he he just he hits home runs from both sides of the plate? Like you just don't see that much anymore.
0: Did you know that ball was gone off the back? No, I didn't know no, that. I did
1: not. No, and this was the angle of the camera. I saw it from a different angle. I saw it from the stands, and off the bat, it was a no-doubt. Yeah,
0: it did help that the crowd was going crazy, but whenever that he hit it on TV, I thought it was a fly-out, and it just kept yeah. going and going and going. Then it was about 50 feet over the fence.
1: Yeah, it's because, it was because the, the the horrific camera angle. The cameras were terrible all weekend.
0: Okay, I'm glad I wasn't alone, because I was like, ah, oh, man, it's a fly-out, and it just kept going and going and going. Um, It didn't look anything like a home
1: run. It didn't look anything like a home run. Anything else? Big, big, big. Reese asks, uh, "Who is your favorite pitcher to watch on the balls?" and why is it Chase Burns.
0: It's pretty cool to see one hundred and two miles an hour. <laughs> it's
1: insane. Last night was insane. He just like he waited. He waited an inning to throw his slider, which is a major league slider, by the way. He waited. That's how. That's how. That's how good his fastball is. And I will say, like, Tony Vitello, Chase Burns was horrific against South Carolina, and Tony Vitello did not flinch to bring him back in against Clemson. And he did not flinch, obviously, to bring him in this weekend. A lot of trust, and the trust is justified. Trust has been earned. It's pretty cool to see.
0: We have a pitching staff that can carry us to the national championship. Yep. You know, I saw, I think it was Kool-Aid that asked, you know, what the difference is and how we got to Omaha. It's just, we knew we had a pitching staff that could do this, and they performed. Now, you came up with a couple timely hits, like Zane didn't against Clemson, obviously, but, like, then the pitching staff went, what, four scoreless innings, five scoreless innings to close the door?
1: Yeah, yeah. Seth Alberson threw 3.1 innings and didn't give up a hit. I mean, it's just, it's, the pitching staff, like, so like, the pitching staff is so good that like people take it for granted that like giving up four runs in a college baseball game is not a big deal. It's not like like Andrew Lindsay was not as good as he has been, but it wasn't like he was horrible. I mean, he struck out quite a few people. It's just at the beginning of the game, I would like to know how that first game ends up. If that third batter for them doesn't have like the 10 pitch at bat where he hits the infield single. Yeah.
0: The, like, and if his center fielder, you know, didn't die for a ball. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I just, you know, it's just, can they hit enough? The question is always about the hitting. And I do think that like Jared Dickey, he had two huge hits this weekend, but like he wasn't amazing at the play. I think he, I think he has to be amazing. Like I think he has to be awesome for Tennessee to like win it. Somebody has to be awesome.
0: It's, it's all about it's all about the hitting. I mean, you probably yeah. need two or three guys to be awesome. Yeah, really. yeah. I mean, yeah. To, to realistically be able to win, you got to have you got to have everybody play pretty well, and just a couple guys just go nuclear.
1: Yep.
0: Agree. You make any plans to try to go, or are you just going to wait and see? It's up in there.
1: So it's up in there. Yeah, yeah, I'll wait and see. I mean, uh, yeah, we'll just we'll see how they do against schemes. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. I mean, just think about they were five and ten in the SEC. Dylan Dryling somehow hits that ball out somehow, no idea how, but, and here we are. Like, I mean, it should be celebrated. It should be exciting. It should be fun to be back there, you know, especially after last year.
0: Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch if you want access to the Discord and the Game Thread. AJ wants to know what your favorite post was last night in the Game Thread. Uh,
1: Tennessee with the George H.W. Bush Yeah, that was pretty good awesome. That was amazing. And, you know... Shout out to Brother Brooks. I, I messaged with him this morning. He is doing better. He's going to be okay. He had a rough day yesterday, he told me, but he's doing better. Hopefully he's out of the ICU soon. Brooks, I love you, and I am thinking about you. I hope you get better soon, buddy.
0: I love you as well, Brooks.
1: So, I hate that Brooks did not get to um, Fully experience enjoy... last night. Yep. But I'm glad he's doing better, and I'm glad he's going to be out of the hospital soon, and I love you, buddy. But that's all I've got.
0: Love you. Love Brooks. Love you all. I'll talk to you soon. Let's go, boss. I love you too, buddy. Bye-bye. See you.